Well, good morning, everybody. Um, any, anyone ever heard the saying, if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you'll keep getting what you've always been getting? I think we've heard that from time to time. And, and apart from any outside influences in that, uh, that statement's pretty much true. So that song, uh, I, I wasn't going to even say anything about that until I just listened to it again. That, that song, we don't know what the future holds for us. We're going to talk about the future today, but that song tells us how to live. Like we don't know that tomorrow's promise because it's not. We, we don't have any promise of tomorrow. But we, we have been talking about, the, for the last three weeks, things that influence us and things that impact how we live and how we think and how we view life. We've, we've talked about the family of origin, how those, those family members, brothers, sisters, mother, father, all the, all the people in our lives that influenced us, the friends that we've had, the faith that, that we, last week we talked about how faith contributes to who we are right now, and, and today is, is about how we use those lessons to build our own future. Now, for those of you who don't know, my name is Bill Malott. I'm the executive pastor here at Kensington, and Kevin is on a much-deserved vacation this week. He's working so hard at getting that 246 facility opened up, and we forced him to get out of the way for a while and enjoy some time with his family. So uh, he is, uh, he, he's, he's taken that, so pray for him. He'll be back next week for the, the Palm Sunday, but an honor to fill in for him today, and it's it, I enjoy getting up here once in a while. I, I don't have it in me anymore to get up here every week, but uh, it's great to get up once in a while. A lot of you might know uh, something about me. I used to be an athlete. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't believe it now, but because unlike Kevin, this isn't all muscle. You know, he always he always tells us everything's muscle with him. Uh, but I I wanted to go to the next level in sports too. Uh, I wanted to go there, but. Honestly, I just just wasn't good enough. You know, some, sometimes we have to face that reality. And I also wasn't willing to work hard enough. You know, sometimes that's a that's a part of it. That that we did you know that it takes ten thousand hours of practice to reach the professional level? At at least, yeah. Some some somebody said at least. But to be a professional athlete, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of talent. But there was another factor in, in my pursuit of, of this uh, goal of mine. And that was, I spoke about that a few weeks ago, our family of origin and the influence they have on us. And when I was in high school, uh, my senior year, I was offered three football scholarships to Division I colleges. Uh, and for one reason or another, my brothers talked me out of taking those, those scholarships. And it it made, uh, they, they kind of instilled fear into my life. And for, for some reason, they convinced me that I wasn't good enough to take those offers. And I went to a smaller college. And so after I made my choice to go to a smaller college, I was kind of disappointed in myself. I was kind of disappointed that I hadn't really gone out and taken the risk to go to those bigger colleges. And but something happened to me my senior year in high school. After I'd made that decision, I found a relationship with Christ. And when, when my, my life took a turn, a lot of things changed for me. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen right away. It took, 
it took really a while, uh, even a couple of years, to really get serious about following Christ. But here's what happened to my future. My future changed the whole direction. It changed radically, really. Instead of pursuing sports, instead of pursuing goals for myself, I started looking at life differently. It took a different path and it took a different standard uh, for the success of my life. And I still, I still made those choices. I still made those things that some of those stupid decisions that you make when you're, when you're younger and selfish choices. And, but I started to realize that life was really about something else. It was about a different target that I could have for my own life. And I read something at that point in my life that, that kind of changed the whole flow, the whole direction of my life. And I wondered, I always wondered, and I think a lot of you here are wondering, what's my real purpose? And what's my real goal? In, in life. And, and when uh, I read this, the answer came from uh, a thing called the Westminster Confession. And it was written in 1646. And I actually read it. I wasn't there. I'm not quite that old. But it, it's, it went like this. It says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, now think about that. That's a pretty succinct statement. But it really, it really does capture everything that, that man is here for. We're here to glorify God and then enjoy him forever. Now, at first, I got to admit, I thought, ah, that's just somebody's opinion out there. I, I'm not sure why God would be looking for glory. Ever wondered that? Why would God want glory? Didn't he tell us in his, in his word to be humble and to not, not look for your own glory? That's another topic. We could discuss that in our uh, deeper studies. But God is looking for glory because he can't, we can't be trusted to give glory to anybody else, to give honor to anybody else. So that's the short answer to that. Well, then I read some other Bible verses. I read some things in 1 Corinthians 10.31. It said, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And then Romans, Paul, Paul wrote to the Romans about a similar thing. He said, for from him and through him, and for him are all things. Do it to him be the glory forever. Amen. So long story short, I realized that I had to start looking through a different lens of my life. And, and again, I'll tell you, I made some mistakes. I did some stupid things. But I look back at all those years and I think about how my life would have been different if I had looked at it through a different lens. And so once I, I kind of thought through this, I, I looked at success a little bit differently. I looked at it in a different way as to what I was looking for in my future. And I want to challenge you to look at your future. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 14, 12, or 63 like me, or you're, you still have life as long as you have breath. I want to challenge you to look at your future and try to think about what success is for you. Here was the meaning that I came up with as I was in my early 20s. And this is something that uh, really impacted my life. It said, success is finding God's will early in life and staying in it for all of your life. Now, here's the problem with that, at least for me. I wasn't sure I wanted to do that. I wasn't sure because I'd also heard things from the world that said, you're the master of your own fate. You, you should do things your way. You should have it. We should have it my way, going with the flow, doing things 
Some of you thought of Frank Sinatra when I said my way, right? Uh, things that's, that sounded much more appealing to me as I, as I thought about giving up control. And what, what I was coming from, the atmosphere, the, the, the time of life I was coming from in, in high school, I had a lot of success in high school based on what I thought was success. I was kind of a self-absorbed, uh, arrogant, overconfident, naive jock, and sometimes jerk, you know. Uh, but other than that, I was pretty, pretty nice guy, other than all those things. Uh, but, but my future, my future was hanging in the balance of this decision. I had to make a simple choice. I had to choose if I was going to live my life for God or if I was going to live my life for myself. Once I heard that message that my life should be giving God glory, now I was kind of responsible for it. So I, I, I couldn't cop out anymore. I had to make a conscious choice. It shouldn't have been a struggle. It really shouldn't have been. I should have just said, oh, wait, God's word says this. I'll go with this. But it was a struggle. And honestly, it still is. Every day of my life, it's still a struggle. And I think every day in if we're honest, I think in all of our lives, we still have a struggle being obedient to what we know God wants us to do. The other day, uh, I was driving, and a song came on the radio. I, I listened to 88.3. Some of you do uh, Christian radio, but there are some songs that I just, just can't listen to. i got to turn them off when they come on. And one of those songs came up, and I flipped to a, a country station, and I heard, I heard the tail end of a song that I caught these lyrics from. I said, we're old enough to know better, but too young to care. <laughs> and, and that made me chuckle because uh, that's really a question of life as we look at our future. Do we care enough? Do we care enough to change what we're doing and where we're going with our life? Do we, do we want to give up control to God, a God we can't even see? And a God that so many people don't even believe in? Uh, we have to answer that question. We have to answer the question as to whether God really is in control or whether we want to be. And, and that's a question all of us, you're going to answer that one way or the other. Uh, today, you're answering that question. So if we choose God's way, it's going to require change. The underlying truth in this whole series formed when we talked about our family, we talked about our friends, we talked about our faith. We, we try to, to get across the message that we are able, we can actually make changes in our life, get rid of those things from our past, and move forward into a better future. The, the changes that we need to make, God is constantly wanting to mold and to shape us into better versions of ourselves. The scripture says in Philippians 1, I love this verse because it tells me God is, is with me all the time. It says, being confident of this, Philippians 1, 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, he's going to be with us our entire life until Jesus comes again. He wants to help us to change and become the person he wants us to be. Second Corinthians, where did, where did he start? We have to look at where he started. He's going to complete that work, but it started all with our belief and our trust in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And, and it tells us this. This is, 
This is so amazing when we think about this. The old, the old is gone, and the new, the new has come. We, we, we live so much in the past. We live so much based on the traditions that we've had. We live so much on the education and the, and, and the experiences that we've had. And God is telling us that if we're in Christ, we can be a new creation. God wants to change and things in us and make things new in our lives, not, not just drum up all the old stuff. His dream is to make us better than we already are. So here's the important question for us. How? How do we do that? So consider this. Before, before God can make do, do good things through us, he's got to change something in us. He's got to make a difference in inside. If, if we want a better marriage, the change starts in us, not in our spouse. I was teasing some people in the lobby. I said, uh, Casey and I are coming up on 39 years. I, I think we're going to make it. I, I, think, I think we might make it through. This next June, we're, we're six kids and nine grandkids later, we're, we're coming up on, on a, 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 maybe a checkpoint in our life. I don't know. But it, the change has to start within us if we're going to make our marriage better. In our workplace, it doesn't start with our boss. It starts with us. In this church, change starts with us, not, not everyone else. And anything changing in our family has to start with us, and it has to start from the inside. I love this passage when Jesus talked to the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 23, he, uh, he spoke to the Pharisees a little harsher than he did to sinners. I don't know if you ever noticed that. But Jesus talked about change to them, and it talked about their insides. And in Matthew 23, 25 through 26, he said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now, if I came out on this stage, and I, the first thing I said was, you hypocrites, what are you doing here? You live like your pot is dirty on the outside, but you pretend to be clean. This is what he was saying to the teachers of the law. It says, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. Now, this is Jesus talking. It's not me. I'm not telling you guys this. But this is Jesus saying, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. So what's Jesus doing here? He's sharing a biblical principle that's key to change in our life. If we get the inside right then the outside will become clean as well. So let's go back for a second to look at that lens that we, we tried to look through our life at. The, the one in the Westminster Confession, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So if we apply that to our future as we consider how are we going to live the rest of our lives, you know, today's the first day of the rest of your life. So you've got to look forward to your future, whether you want to or not, whether you like it or not, you're going to look forward. You're going to think about how are you going to live. I, I love the, the one line in the song that Casey sang up here. It said, I want to love deeper, and I want to forgive, and I want to, I, I want to, to be better and to, to be kinder to people. And, and because he knew that he didn't have that long, and none of us know how long we have, 
So I want to keep that lens in mind as we look through three areas of our life. Just, just to make it simple, there's lots of things that we could change. There's lots of areas that we could look at. But I want to look first at our purpose in life, the, the passion that we have. What is it that you're passionate about and what is your purpose? Do you even know what your purpose is in life? Do we know and how do we find it is a, is a difficult question. And do we even believe we have one? And Ephesians, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he said, he said this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I, I love that part. I love that part where it says he prepared it in advance for us to do. And and we might we might consider asking ourselves, are we serving ourselves or are we serving God? Are we are we having that purpose in life that is is for our benefit or is it to give God glory? That's really that lens that we're looking through. And lots of people that are in this church, it's awesome to see all the people and, and I want to commend all of you, you know who you are, because you're looking at life and you're you're looking at serving others and you're you're already doing those things and using your talents and outreach and K Kids and men's and women's ministries and and guest services, parking, worship, production, uh, prayer ministries, youth, lots of other opportunities that you're already taking part in. And that's not the end, though. It's just a part of who you're becoming as you serve and as you give your life to, to God in service. There was one, one man, as I was thinking through this message, that came to my mind, and I, I wanted to share something that, that he said before he went on a missionary journey to the Aka tribe in Ecuador. And he, he went there in 1956. Uh, it was actually three weeks after I was born, in January of 1956. He knew that when he went to this place, there was a really good chance he wouldn't come back. His name was Jim Elliott, and he went there to this tribe to try to reach them for Christ because that was the purpose that God had given him. The story goes that because of this missionary journey, that tribe was reached for Christ even though he was killed. But before he left, before he died at this, in this missionary journey, one of the statements that I most think of when I think of Jim Elliott was this statement right here. He said, he is no fool to give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Now, if we would really think about the things we're pursuing in our life, things that we seek out after that we can't even keep, they don't last, we might reconsider our, our own pursuit of those things. If we want to find our purpose in life, we can't always look at what the world tells us to do. We have to think about what brings change to us, what helps us to find what God has already prepared in advance for us to do. And in, in order to find that path, sometimes we might have to change the things that are our priorities in life, which is, which is the second point that I want to make today and, and the second thought that I want you to consider. How do you decide what choices you're going to make and what you should commit your time and talents to. Do you consider work or family more important? Do you consider a TV show or spending time in God's Word? Do you consider watching a sports program or doing something with your kids or doing whatever it is that God calls you to do? None of those things are bad. None of those things are bad in themselves. And Jesus 
hit the, hit the nail on the head when he said, we should seek first his kingdom. In Matthew 6.33, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. God doesn't want to make our lives miserable. He doesn't want to deprive us of the things we enjoy, but he wants us to consider and seek his kingdom first and do those other things in the right order, in the right priority. One of the verses that's meant a lot to me over the course of my life is the one I, I learned in college, my senior year in college, it was Micah 6.8, and I, I think I've shared this with you before in a message, but it just still continues to be a, a large part of my life, and it, and it goes like this. He says, he has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, I've, I've told my kids a few times in my life that one of the big regrets that I have in my life is that I didn't put a higher priority on mercy and kindness. And that may sound funny coming from an old guy, but that, that really, as I look back, I, I think that's one of the things I wish I would have done more. I could have. I could have done that. I still can, and I try to. Every day I try to be more merciful and more kind to people. And one of the verses that comes to my mind on this is that in Ephesians 4.32, Paul says, he says it very simply, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, as just as Christ, as in Christ God forgave you. Now, if my priorities are God's priorities, I'll seek his kingdom first, I'll love mercy, I'll walk humbly, I'll show kindness and compassion toward others, and they'll show up, and here's the trick to this priority thing, they'll show up in my calendar, they'll show up in my commitments, they'll show up in my choices. I can say I have priorities of things, but if they don't show up in my daily life, if they don't show up in my walk, they're not really priorities. So maybe it's time to make some changes in your activities. Maybe it's time to join a small group. Maybe it's time to get involved in a Bible class. We're going to start a couple of Bible classes coming up on Thursdays at April 25th. You, you'll have opportunities to do that. Maybe God is calling you a little bit differently than, than other people. But here's, here's the bottom line for everybody. He's calling us to obedience. I was just reading this morning in 1 Samuel 15, the story when, when Saul kind of blew it with his... Uh, listening to the Lord. And Samuel told him, when he took this, the, these, uh, uh, from the battle, he had, he had certain animals, and Samuel told him, I'll come and offer the sacrifice to the Lord as the prophet, as his representative. Well, Saul, Saul got a little bit impatient, and he did it without him. And he put a higher priority on his sacrifice than he did on obedience. And when Samuel came to him, he said, what have you done? You have disobeyed God's command. He says, what do you mean? This is a sacrifice. I made a great sacrifice to the Lord. And Samuel said something to him very simply and very clearly. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. God doesn't always want our sacrifice. He wants our obedience first. So what keeps us? What keeps us from accomplishing God's purpose and keeping our priorities straight. Why are they so important? And why is it so difficult to stay on track? Well, it's difficult, and I'm going to talk about this in my third point, but I'm going to break here for taking up our offering. Because our, our, our time, the way we want to end our service, I want, to, I want it to flow with this. So I'm going to ask my ushers to come down. And before they, they come down, I want to just say, 
that each one, each one should give, whether it's here or whether it's online or whether it's wherever you give, as God has, has called you to do. You, you, you decide in your heart to give. And in fact, if you're here for the first time, please don't give. We want this to be our gift to you. If God leads you sometime this week and you want to give, come back next week and give then. But don't give today. Uh, God loves us when we give cheerfully, when we do things cheerfully. So the third point, the third part of our my message today is to, is to look at how are we persevering in our life. Perseverance is, is defined as the ability to keep on keeping on in spite of obstacles and opposition. And there's a lot of things fit into obstacles and opposition. Uh, it, was, it was funny, I talked in the lobby to a lot of people between services and people talking about losing employees and losing family members and losing things that they had to really persevere through. And it was, it was interesting how many struggles we have in this life. And, and I just, I want to encourage you by this passage in Romans. In Romans chapter 5, Paul knew that people were going through struggles. He knew that they were having a difficult time persevering through the things that they were pursuing in life. And he said, therefore, we, first of all, he encouraged them. He says, we've been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing. We've got to have peace, and it only comes through our Lord Jesus Christ and through that relationship with him. He said, through him, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the glory of God. So when we boast in the glory of God, then we're, we're again looking at it through that lens of what's our chief end? Our chief end is to glorify God. And he says, not only so, but we also glory. Here's the part that's hard. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Can't go from joy to hope. We can't go from good times to hope. Sometimes we've got to go through this road of suffering and perseverance and character. And Paul goes on to say, and hope does not put us to shame. In some versions it says it does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given, who's been given to us. So remember again that lens as Paul talks and as, as we remember to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, hanging in there through good times and, and bad times, tough times, they give God glory. If, if life was easy, anybody could do it. We could all have, we wouldn't have any dependence on God. Somebody told me one time that marriage, marriage is not difficult. It's impossible so that we have to depend on God to make it work. And, and I think there's some truth to that. And some of you would probably uh, agree with me on that. But it's difficult, but not if, not if we lean on God's, God's desires and his, his help. I remember, a, uh, I remember a line in a movie uh, called Chariots of Fire. You remember when Eric Little was in the Olympic Games and he was running a race on Sunday and he refused to run and his sister was questioning him and saying, well, why are you even doing this? We should be out doing mission work. We should be out telling people about Christ. And, and Eric said something to her and he said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And I, I love that line, and I remember that line, because there's things that we can do 
we, we don't need to feel guilty about enjoying the things that we do. If we feel God's pleasure in it, then he's calling us to do those things. And we're all very different. But here's the key to it. It's obedience. Obedience to our call and sticking with what God gives, what gives God pleasure and what gives him glory. And, and sometimes obedience is hard because we have all kinds of distractions. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go really quickly through some, some things that uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is a great chapter to read. And I'm not going to go through the whole chapter, but I want to highlight a couple of people that, that that book and that passage of scripture talked about. It highlights all the heroes of the faith that endured that persevered through their their difficulties, from Abel way back in the very beginning to Enoch, to Noah, to Abraham, to Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Moses, Joshua, even the prostitute Rahab at at Jericho when she trusted in God, Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, more. Here's the thing about all those people. It's the reason I mention all those names is because none of them, none of those people ever saw God's promise come to fruition before they died. None of them. None of them saw that. But in the next next chapter, the writer of Hebrews says, we're surrounded by these great cloud of witnesses. And he says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Right in that verse, it's saying we have to run we have, to, we have to do it with perseverance, and there is a path. There is a race that's marked out for us to run. And he, he goes on to say, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, and he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider Jesus, consider him, who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. So we have to throw off some things sometimes if they're distracting us. Remember we talked about David and, and going against Goliath last week, and, and we, we talked about how Saul tried to get him to wear his armor and become somebody who he wasn't. And, and, and then in a sense, he just said, I can't, I, can't, I can't wear your armor. I have to throw off that armor, and I have to do what God has called me to do. I have to take up this sling and these smooth stones, and I'll go fight the battle his way and the way he's provided and called me to do it i got to throw that off. Think about those Goliaths and those, those things that people try to put on you in your own life. We have to throw those distractions and those entanglements off sometimes. So think about what's the point to all this? Can we really make a difference in our future? Can we control how our future turns out? I don't know if we can control it, but we can certainly make a difference by by saying and agreeing with what God wants us to do and be obedient. So each of us has a path that God's prepared for us. And I, I just, I, I'm so inspired by the, by the verse in, in Galatians where it talks about not being deceived, how God cannot be mocked. In Galatians 6, 7, and 8, it says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So here's what I want to leave with you with today. Our goal in life is to glorify God. And if we do that, it requires change on our inside. I told you before, I think success is not about, not about how much money we make or how much power we acquire. True success is finding God's will for our life and walking in it. 
We're all seeking happiness and contentment in our future. I hope you are. I hope that's what we want in our life. But realizing where that will come from is key to achieving it. It's not always easy to discover his will, but do some things that will change your inside, and you'll find that your future will change accordingly. If you can't get involved in something that will help you grow, then, then ask God how it is that he's going he's gonna to let you go and let you build yourself up and become the person that he wants you to be. We have some things at our church. Come and talk to us at Starting Way. We have some classes coming up. I encourage you to get involved. Put it on your calendar. Make your commitments and say, I don't know if this is going to change me, but I think God's calling me to do this. I want to make this commitment. So you can decide. You can decide what your future will look like. God has a great plan for each of us if we're willing to listen and to look for it. So I, I want to pray as we, as we close and, and just ask you to consider what God is trying to tell you as you hear this message today. So let, let, me, let me pray. God, I thank you so much for speaking to us through your spirit today, for showing us that, that you really do care about us. God, there are people in the room who don't even know you. They don't even believe you. They don't, they don't know who you are because they're struggling with the temptations of this world. God, I just pray that you'd speak to their hearts today. I pray that you would get through to them in such a way that they would realize that there's really two choices in this life, that we live for ourselves or we live for you. And one has a really happy ending, and the other one leaves us alone and in despair. So God, I just, I just pray that your, your spirit would speak to all of us today as we look forward to what you have for our future, how you want us to change from the inside out. And God, most of all, I pray that you would help us to glorify you in all we do and look forward to that day where we can enjoy you forever. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name.